In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. The Holy Three in One who comes in order to bring us a forgiveness that we otherwise could not afford. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as I mentioned before, today we're starting a new sermon series, and, and the sermon series is called Follow the Story, because uh, there, there's a whole bunch of parables of, of Jesus that in this section of Matthew that we're going through as as we go through the year. And in this section of Matthew, there, there are just, it's parable after parable after parable that Jesus is telling. And, and so uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of walk through those sort of piece by piece in order to, to take a look at the story and to really follow that story along so that we understand a, a little bit more about the story and, and in understanding a little bit more about the story, understand a little bit more about how that applies to our lives and what we can do with it. And so as we open up the, the story, we, we open up in, in Matthew 18. And so what we know about being in this point uh, is that Jesus has just told his disciples, yeah, th- this is how you uh, forgive somebody who has sinned against you. He, he gives them an outline to go through in, in terms of if you have a problem with somebody, okay, this is how you go through it. You go to them one-on-one, and then after you go th- with them one-on-one, then after that you bring you know two or three people along, and then after that, if that still doesn't work, then you bring it to the church, and then if that still doesn't work, you treat that person as a tax collector and as a sinner. And that sets us up for where we're jumping into the story right here. And so where we're jumping into the story right here, we've got Peter. And, and Peter is, is coming up to Jesus, and it kind of maybe seems like Peter is doing something where he, he's maybe like showing off a little. Uh, so, so it starts off, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And, and so what Peter is doing there is he's, he's probably referencing one of the popular rabbis of, of his era. Um, uh, it, it was uh, this, this rabbi, Ben Hanina, who, who said, uh, he, he went on record as saying that uh, you forgave somebody three times, but not four times. And, and that actually links up with the book of Amos, the, the prophet Amos, who, who seems to uh, uh, have that kind of same understanding of, of what God is willing to do in terms of forgiving even his own people. That, that Amos says, uh, God goes to people three times, but then on the fourth time, that's when he brings down judgment. And, and so you've got this kind of interesting situation where, where um, uh, Peter is saying, well, uh, you know, three times that is, is you know that that's within the realm of possibility that that's you know that that's how much I should be forgiving someone and and Rabbi Ben Hanina even when he talks about the fourth time he doesn't even say that you shouldn't forgive somebody four times it, he says that there is no forgiveness after the fourth time that after the fourth time, that there's no, no sort of human capability, that if somebody wrongs you three times, you just don't have the capability to forgive them anymore. I mean, they, they've just done you dirty three, four times, and you're done. And so Peter then is like, hey, Jesus, check me out. I can do it seven times. And this seems like a Peter thing. This seems like, a, how often should I do it, Jesus? Oh, set seven, maybe seven times. And, and you kind of get the sense that, that Jesus has here as he's looking up at them. Um, and, and he's going, uh, 
yeah, no, I, I say to you 77 times. Or, uh, you know, the, the math in, uh, in the Greek is, is a little bit difficult here. It, it's either 77 times or it's, or it's uh, 70 times 7, which is even more. Uh, and, and so you, you've got that kind of like, well, what is it? Uh, and it really doesn't matter. Because we're going to talk about some other numbers, and we're going to see how Jesus is not talking about real hard numbers, but he's talking about a big notion of what this is all about and uh, about our capability for forgiveness as well as his capability for forgiveness. And, and so we, we continue to go on here. He, he starts this parable. So uh, this, this parable, this is a throne alongside. This is something that, that um, uh, Jesus tells in order to understand, so that we can understand something about what heaven is like, what the kingdom of God is like. And so he, he puts this story next to it so that we can kind of get a sense of what, what it's like. And it, it's interesting, the story is told in three parts. So it's told in three parts, which are a cycle. And so the cycle is, is that you have a setting. So something gets set up, you, you sort of understand something, and then you have a dialogue, number two. And then after the dialogue, you have a response to whatever the dialogue was. So it, that cycle is going to be important, and it's the cycle that happens three times within the telling of this parable. So we jump in to the first part of that cycle, the first time around. So uh, he gets into the setting here and he says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. He began to settle and one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. Now, 10,000 talents, you're like, yeah, okay, I have no idea how much that is. Let me tell you that here Jesus is not talking about real numbers. Because 10,000 talents is sort of like us saying a million gazillion dollars. I mean, it's just stupid, crazy money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. A talent would have been approximately 20 years of labor. So then you multiply that times 10,000 and you get a million gazillion. I mean, it's just not even, there's no way this guy could have racked up this amount of debt. There were entire countries in Jesus's time period that did not have a GDP of, uh, of this amount of talents. And, and so you, you have the, this kind of sense of like, okay, Jesus is, is talking goofy numbers. He's talking craziness here. And, and so keep that in mind as he goes into this next part. So, so 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, you think? His master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. Now, legit, he, he's, even if he and his wife and his children are worth a lot, they're not worth that much. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Lie. There's no way this guy can pay that money. But out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Forgave him the debt. So, so does this stupid, crazy money amount? And he says, no, no, it, it, it's forgiven. And so the servant fell on, and then out of pity, 
He released him and forgave him the, the debt. So, so that's the response here. So, so in that three-part cycle, we, we've got the setting. Okay, this guy owes a lot of money. He goes, goes to his master. Master says, hey, you, you've got to pay the debt. Um, uh, what happens then in that dialogue then, the dialogue's the second part, is, is they get into this thing and the master hears him out and he says, okay, well, I'll forgive you the debt. That's the response to this. So then we, we compare that with the second part of the cycle here, the second part of what Jesus gets into. And so the second part here is, it, it starts off, but when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And you start going, okay, I didn't know what a talent is. I definitely don't know what a denarius is. So a denarius was worth about one day's labor. So this isn't like a ridiculous amount of money, but it's a big amount of money. This is about a quarter. This is about three months worth of labor for this guy. So, so you can kind of see why, why this guy was, hey, I really want my money. But at the same time, you, you contrast that with what this guy has just been forgiven. And, and so the, then you get into this dialogue thing, right? So, so you have the dialogue between the two servants. So the first servant says to him, you know, I, I want this stuff. And he takes him by the, and he says, I can't do it. So he takes him by the neck and says, pay what you owe. And the guy says, I can't do it. And uh, please forgive me. And does this guy forgive? No. His action then is he goes and he calls the cops. He says, all right, bring this, haul this guy off to jail until he can pay what he owes which that was sort of common during this time. You you had this sort of sense of a debtor's prison where somebody would go into prison and then all of their family and friends would would kind of throw into a pot and see if they could break him out. And and so you've got that set up. And then you get into the third loop of this cycle and things get really interesting. So the third loop of this cycle comes up and, and, and as it comes up, you, you have the, the friends of these two servants, it seems. They're fellow servants together. Uh, they see this happen, and they're concerned. They, they're like, oh, this, this isn't right. So they go, and they tattle on the first servant. They go, and they say, hey, this isn't right. Uh, we are, are going to go tell the master about this. And so the master brings the guy back in. And this is why it gets interesting, and this is why it's worthwhile paying attention to the cycles. Because I I said that the setup was that you had a setup, and and then you had a dialogue, and then you had a response. And what you've got going on in this third one is you don't have dialogue anymore. You just have a monologue. You just have the master saying, you wicked servant. I forgave you all of this. How dare you not forgive the other servant? And the, other, the, the servant who is called back in is either not able to speak because maybe he's gagged or, or whatever, or he's just left agape in his sins. And you have that, that moment where he then is thrown into prison until he should pay all of his debt. And Jesus says this really scary thing about so will my heavenly father do to you 
if you don't forgive out of your heart. And you go, oh, wow, um, oops, I probably have failed to forgive. And, and maybe I should go out and I, I should forgive that person who sinned against me. I mean, that's sort of the practical level here of taking a look at this parable is to go, okay, well, what is this parable talking about? Well, it's in direct response to, to Peter's question about how many times should I forgive somebody, Jesus? And Jesus kind of looks at him with sort of this disgust and aghast. And, you know, there, there's a part that uh, you, you just want to put words into Jesus's mouth where Jesus just is looking at Peter and maybe thinking in his head, how dare you think about not forgiving someone? Because here's the reality. The reality is that you have been forgiven of a 10,000 talent debt. Just you. If Jesus died for just you, it would be more than what any other human being could ever do for you. You could go through the stuff outwardly that Jesus went through. We could bring you someplace. We could whip you and beat you. And we, we could say nasty things about you. We could then make you carry a cross up to a hill. We could nail you to that cross. We could leave you up there until you asphyxiated in front of everybody who's gathered there together. And guess what? That still would not forgive any one of their sins. Not yours, not somebody else's if you did that for somebody else. And the reason for that is that your life is just not worth that much. Your life isn't the life of the Son of God. Your life isn't the life of someone who lived a perfect and sinless life. Your capacity, your capability has been continually diminished by each and every one of your sins that you have committed against God and that you have committed against one another. And that's a sobering reality. A reality that means that you don't have the capacity to forgive anyone's sins to the level that Jesus forgave your sins. He paid the $10,000, 10,000 talent rather, price for your sin. A price that you couldn't pay. And if you were the only one that he was paying that price for, that would be amazing in itself. But he paid that price over and over and over and over and over again for everyone who might have faith in him so that they might be forgiven of their debt and that we together might all be gathered at the throne room of God. 
And that puts our moments of being people who have a request for forgiveness in sharp contrast. So when somebody comes to us for forgiveness, we think this is denarius. This is not talent. This is something that I have the capacity to do. I can forgive this person. I can choose not to hold this against them. I I can choose to turn away from it. And yeah, it might be hard. It's 100 denarii. It's it's a lot of money. But it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of whatever. But it's still within your capability. It's still within your capacity to do that. And it's only within your capacity to do that because you know that all of your sins have been forgiven by a God who is willing to give so much to save you and to redeem you from sin. So now may you, this week, go out into the world and recognize that you have been forgiven of a great debt. And may that lead you to forgive the debts of others. Amen.